Welcome back to Sanity. I'm Shane Gordon. Today, we're going to discuss the lies we're told, specifically lies by politicians. For the purpose of this discussion, we're going to be talking about the current economy. This is only because I saw a number of tweets recently telling us how strong the economy is, but my current experiences don't agree with those assertions. I want to be very clear, though. This can be applied to anything, such as a stolen, quote-unquote, 2020 election. By all accounts, nothing illegal happened in 2020, but that didn't stop a lot of politicians from spewing lies. So let's discuss. In the first 14 days of March, President Biden, Vice President Harris, Senate Majority Leader Schumer, former Speaker of the House Pelosi, and House Minority Leader Jeffries have tweeted a combined 30 times about the strength of our economy. On average, twice each day, there has been a tweet from Democratic leadership about how good the economy is. Add to that any other press releases and written or verbal statements and the number of times they have told us the economy is strong is well over 50 in just two weeks. Obviously, I'm going to say they are lying, so I need to address that or my point is moot. Let's quickly look at the stats. Unemployment is at 3.6%, which is very good. GDP is up about 2.5%. GDP, by the way, is used as a typical indicator of the economy. The only major flaw is that it simply looks at overall spending. So excessive government spending will increase GDP even if all other spending is down. That's not necessarily what's happening now, but it's important to remember. Over the long run, the stock market is strong, although the current banking concerns are affecting the market. Orders for durable and non-durable goods are up. Inflation is around 6.5%, and compensation growth is near 1%. There are more economic indicators, but these are some of the most commonly referenced. Overall, you could look at these numbers and say we do have a good economy. Most of the indicators are positive and would typically reflect strong economic performance. Spending is up, unemployment is down, earnings are up-ish. However, inflation is out of control and has been out of control for over a year. For instance, inflation in January 2022 was 7.5%, and in January 2023 was 6.4%. Two Januaries in a row, we saw incredibly high inflation. For reference, the target inflation is 2%. High inflation is such a normal part of our lives now that we're not even talking about it anymore. So, is the economy strong? Maybe. You can't deny we're buying a lot. Economists seem to like the numbers. But to the average person, to you and me, the economy is not in a good place. Our wages have not kept up with inflation. The biggest tell that the economy is in a bad place is simply the number of times Democratic leadership is mentioning the economy. They're trying to convince us that our perceptions are wrong and that the economy is actually very good. You could split hairs and argue the economy is strong based on various factors, but the one measure that matters, if the average American can afford necessities, shows the economy is really struggling. And maybe spending has kept the economy afloat for the past year, but it feels like only a matter of time before things get bad. Heck, we've just witnessed two large banks collapse, requiring federal intervention in the same week. So no, the economy is not strong. Even Home Depot and Walmart just last month gave cautious outlooks 
because shoppers are spending more on basics and less on everything else. This means our leadership is either dumb or is intentionally misleading us, which is also called lying. They are not dumb. They are all very smart people. So that means they are lying. And why lie? Because we're not allowed to admit failure in our current culture. Democrats, like Republicans, are already looking forward to the 2024 elections. They believe that admitting failure now will impact their success in 2024. They can't show any weakness, or people might decide to vote Republicans into office. This doesn't just happen in politics. Many businesses fail because they are unable to admit to mistakes and failures. But that's not the discussion for today. More importantly, the Democrats have always believed in spending their way out of problems. Many times it has worked. Right now, it is not. In fact, spending has only fueled inflation and the problem. But to admit it was a mistake would undermine their entire political philosophy an entire philosophy of how government should function. So they have to dig in and keep telling us and themselves that everything is fine. So they are lying, but can it work? Surely people are smart enough to see through the lies. We're going to read an article from the Washington Post now that discusses why we are prone to believing falsehoods. The article was written in November 2022, and the headline reads, Why Do Our Brains Believe Lies? It's been an election cycle packed with misinformation and conspiracy theories. So why do so many people believe the lies? Many of the decisions we make as individuals and as a society depend on accurate information. However, our psychological biases and predispositions make us vulnerable to falsehoods. As a result, misinformation is more likely to be believed, remembered, and later recalled, even after we learn that it was false. On every level, I think that misinformation has the upper hand, said Nathan Walter, a professor of communication studies at Northwestern University who studies the correction of misinformation. No one is completely immune to falsehoods, in part because of how our cognition is built and how misinformation exploits it. We use mental shortcuts, or heuristics, to make many of our judgments which benefit us. But our cognitive tendencies can make us susceptible to misinformation if we are not careful. By default, people will believe anything they see or hear, said Stephen Lewandowski, a cognitive psychologist at the University of Bristol who specializes in understanding how people respond to corrections of misinformation. In our day-to-day lives, that makes a lot of sense because most things that we're exposed to are true, he said. At the same time, the more we see something repeated, the more likely we are to believe it to be true. This illusory truth effect arises because we use familiarity and ease of understanding as a shorthand for truth. The more something is repeated, the more familiar and fluent it feels whether it is misinformation or fact. There is only typically one true version of a claim and an infinite number of ways you could falsify it, right? said Nadia Brashear, a psychology professor at Purdue University who studies why people fall for fake news and misinformation. So if you hear something over and over again, probabilistically, it's going to be the true thing. But these shortcuts do not work so well in our current political environment and social media, which can repeat and amplify falsehoods. 
One study found that even a single exposure to a fake headline made it seem truer. Politicians often repeat lies and seem to be aware of the power of the illusory truth effect, Brashier said. We are also more susceptible to misinformation that fits into our worldviews or social identities, and we can fall into confirmation bias, which is a tendency to look for and favor information fitting what we already believe. False stories and emotionally driven examples are easier to understand and more immersive than statistics. We are navigating this new world of numbers and probabilities and risk factors, Walters said. But the vessel that we use, our brain, is very old. Once we have heard misinformation, it is hard to uproot even when we want to know the truth. Multiple studies have found that misinformation can still influence our thinking even if we receive a correction and believe it to be true, a phenomenon known as continued influence effect. In a meta-analysis aggregating the results of 32 studies of over 6,500 people, Walter found that correcting falsehoods reduces but does not entirely eliminate the effect of misinformation. One of the biggest barriers to correcting misinformation is the fact that hearing the truth doesn't delete a falsehood from our memory. Instead, the falsehood and its correction coexist and compete to be remembered. Brain imaging studies conducted by Lewandowski and his colleagues found evidence that our brains store both the original piece of misinformation as well as its correction. It seems to be cognitively almost impossible to listen to something, understand it, and at the same time, not believe it, Lewandowski said. Dismissing misinformation requires a whole extra cognitive step of tagging it as false in our memory, but by that time, in a sense, it's too late because it's already in your memory, Lewandowski said. Over time, our memory of the fact check may fade, leaving us only with the misinformation. There's evidence that we're running up against basic limitations of human memory when we're giving people corrective information, Brashier said. Finally, correcting misinformation is even more challenging if it is embedded into our identity or system of belief. People build mental models of the world to make sense of unfolding situations, and it's very difficult to rip out a plank of this edifice without the whole thing collapsing, Lewandowski said. If it is an important component of your mental model, it is cognitively very difficult to just yank it out and say it's false. There is so much misinformation out there that it is not feasible to react to each new falsehood that arises. It's like playing a game of whack-a-mole. You can be very good, but at the end, the mole always wins, Walter said. Debunking alone is not enough to combat misinformation. We also need to be proactive by pre-bunking, which essentially means preparing our brain to recognize misinformation before we encounter it. Much like the way a vaccine primes your immune system to battle a foreign invader, pre-bunking can inoculate and strengthen our psychological immune system against viral misinformation. In one study from this year, Lewandowski and colleagues presented almost 30,000 people across seven experiments with five short videos about common manipulation techniques, incoherence, false dichotomies, scapegoating, ad hominem attacks, and emotionally manipulative language. I'll put a link to the videos in the episode description, by the way. 
These videos are very well made and very clearly explain each of these manipulation techniques. Continuing on. Each video provided a warning about the impending misinformation attack and manipulation technique before presenting a microdose of misinformation. The study found that watching these videos could make us more skeptical of falsehoods in the future. Another way to protect yourself is to simply pay attention to whether what you are seeing is accurate. When people scroll through their social media feeds, they aren't always thinking about accuracy. One recent study found that subtly nudging people to consider whether what they are seeing is accurate made them less likely to share misinformation. All of us can fall for misinformation, Brashear said. I've fallen for false stories myself, even though this is what I study. So, can we see through the lies? Well, typically, no. As the article rightly points out, politicians understand our tendency to believe misinformation. And right now, Democratic leadership is taking advantage of the fact that it's easier to believe a lie that is repeated over and over again. And even if we learn the truth, it's very likely the falsehood will persist over time and influence our future decisions. In fact, this is what they are counting on for the 2024 elections. They believe the economy really will be strong by then, and all we'll remember of this time was being told the economy was strong. It's important to know how we're going to be deceived and recognize it when it happens. Again, I'll put a link to the five short videos in the show notes so you can view them for yourself, and I highly recommend you check them out. Since 2020, we've seen a number of steps taken to reduce the amount of misinformation spread through social media. We've seen a sitting president of the United States banned from social media. We saw anyone speaking out against the official COVID policies banned from social media, even if what they were saying was actually truthful. Platforms like Twitter introduced community notes, formerly Birdwatch, to allow users to provide important context or facts to false and misleading claims. Facebook and Instagram are using a combination of computer learning, supposedly nonpartisan fact checkers, and company employees to make false information harder to find and label posts that contain misinformation. Google is using machine learning to check information between multiple sources and clearly label information as being from developing stories when all the facts may not yet be available. The biggest concern for all Americans should be who determines what is true and false. Twitter's community notes seems like one of the best tools for labeling possible misinformation. It does not remove the content, but adds context, usually with sources, so someone viewing the tweet can get the full story. Anything that is using machine learning or artificial intelligence is susceptible to confirmation bias. Just because multiple newspapers write the same story doesn't mean the information is true. So if Google is determining what is and isn't misinformation based on the number of reports, there is no guarantee its determinations are accurate. COVID provided us with a lot of examples of the main narrative actually being the disinformation. The majority of media outlets, politicians, and influencers were reporting that the vaccine reduced the spread of the virus. As we know now, the vaccine was never even tested for this, and the facts show it does not stop the spread. The majority of media outlets, politicians, and influencers were reporting that masks were an effective tool for limiting the spread of COVID. This was not proven to be true at the time, and now all the evidence shows masks were never effective against COVID. 
The majority of media outlets, politicians, and influencers were reporting and are still reporting that people of all ages, down to six months old, should get the vaccine. The facts show that the risks from the vaccine to young, healthy individuals are far greater than the risk from getting COVID. It turns out that much of what we labeled as lies and misinformation was, in fact, the only true information. So simply using the loudest and most repeated voice as the arbiter of truth will eventually lead us off a cliff. It's very dangerous to silence dissenting voices. It's easy to support the idea when those in charge mirror our own beliefs. But what happens when power changes hands? We have always been strong as a nation partly because of our protection of speech. But I'm getting off track. Let's get back to the lies we're told. I'll say it again. Tools like Twitter community notes are probably the best way to help people get correct information. The context added to a tweet may or may not ultimately prove to be accurate, but right then, in the moment, a reader can see that there is contradictory or explanatory information available. The tool allows users to dig deeper and find the truth. The other important tool is educating people on how we are manipulated. The five videos from the article are probably enough to help pre-bunk many falsehoods, such as our currently great quote-unquote, economy. Finally, our politicians and media will continue to spread the lies until we hold them accountable. Politicians will do it to secure future jobs, and media will do it to increase revenue. The only reason to lie is selfishness. The lies we are being told do nothing to help Americans. We need to be okay with failures and mistakes. There is enough time before the 2024 elections for the Biden administration to admit that they made mistakes, that they realize them, and are making corrections. Most people can respect that stance. No one is faultless, and we, as an entire country, need to stop expecting perfection from others. And we, as an entire country, need to question our own beliefs from time to time and demand truth from our leaders. The lies will continue to get worse. We will be more brazenly manipulated. Lying politicians is not a partisan issue. As Americans, we need to speak out as one voice and demand truth from our leaders. Okay, that's all I want to say about that for today. Thank you for hanging out with me. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do me a huge favor. Take a moment to follow, rate, and review, and we'll see you next time on Sanity.